The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52. Oh, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns related. I'm your co-host for today, David McGraw, alongside the ever-so-dabbing Mitch Krumpetich. Sup, fam? Fam. <laughs> you, you were just boy, but now you fam. That's uh, right. <laughs> um, so, on this week's pod, we are going to go over some Josh Jackson injury news, a little bit of a war room update in quotation marks with James Jones and Monty Williams, as well as some other draft news. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show. All right, so quickly starting off, we will talk about Josh Jackson. He was seen walking around the arena in a soft cast after a foot injury, but it does not appear to be anything serious. Also, we haven't heard anything about his arrest in Miami, so I guess that's fine now. So uh, just a minor setback for Josh, but shouldn't really be an issue, especially this time of year. But just wanted to give the update especially since it's possible, technically, that he could get traded. So we just want to keep an eye on the health of all these guys at this point. Yeah, it turns out when you're a multi-million dollar athlete, you don't have to worry about arrests like a normal person. Yeah. yeah. Because Rashawn Holmes got arrested too, right? Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. uh, And yeah, you hear nothing about that either. No, it's just swept under the rug. Sounds about right. Yep. That's the NBA. But <laughs> what can we do about it? Um, but next, uh, I want to talk about the event that Charlie and I went to. Charlie's not here today. He's he's okay, don't worry. He just R. couldn't I. make it. <laughs> he's fine, he just couldn't make it. Um, but he and I went to an event that the team called Inside the War Room with James Jones and Monty Williams. We didn't really get any insight into the war room, but it was basically an extension of the Monty Williams introduction, which was kind of cool. We got to shake his hand and tell him that we're happy he's here. Uh, I think my big takeaways from this are that I'm really excited to have Monty Williams. I know last week we talked about how we feel like he'll be able to connect with the players a little bit better than Igor did, and how Monty said he's more looking to run something that fits our players rather than having a system and making the players fit into it no matter what, and system, system, system. So I think Monty's approach might be a little better, but at this point, I'll take whatever. So that was... It was it was cool to get to see him talk. Um, James Jones and Monty Williams have some pretty interesting connections through Portland where Monty was a coach who was like a big proponent of signing James Jones. And it was kind of funny because Monty Williams is quite a bit older than James Jones. And James Jones was a player under Monty Williams. And now Jones is technically his boss. So it's kind of funny. It's like if you're a teacher and you have a student who over time grows up and 
becomes the principal at your school. Like, kind of kind of funny to think about. But uh, there was some news on the new practice facility, but they're not calling it a practice facility. They're calling it a training facility. And everyone's really excited about that, actually. They're going to start work on it pretty soon. It's going to have state-of-the-art equipment. It's going to be pretty big. It's also going to be in the heart of the city. I talked about how it's relatively close for guys who live like further north, like Paradise Valley or North Scottsdale or whatever, but also convenient for the guys who live in downtown or Tempe or the not-as-wealthy areas, so the younger <laughs> guys. <laughs> uh, but they were really excited about that, and Monty Williams talked about how when he was in OKC, having a practice facility like that was like a really important thing, especially for uh, getting free agents to come. And he said just having that those kind of training spaces was really important. He also talked about how it's going to be a little bit different than like Philadelphia, for instance. In Philly, the training facility is very secluded and not many people know where it is and things like that. And Monty said this training facility is going to be like right in the middle of the city. You're going to be able to drive by it all the time. You're going to know that guys are there and it's going to be pretty cool. He talked a lot about like being involved in the community and how he wants to get really involved. He said when he moves to a new place, he always looks for three things, a house, a school and a church. And he said, he's got two of the three. He said, he's still looking for a church, but he found a good school and a good house. So uh, that was it was kind of funny to hear him talk about that, but he's a real family man, and we saw that in the introduction video. But he really reiterated that in this in this uh, meeting, press conference, whatever you want to call it, event. Um, we didn't get a whole lot of information about the draft. Tom Leander was the MC of the whole thing, and he always does a great job. And he asked James Jones some questions about, you know, what's the big board looking like, essentially. And James Jones was like, I'm not going to tell you anything, pretty much. Um, we did get confirmation that there will be a big board and every player in the draft will be ranked. But that's about it. There will also be a war room. And they're doing an event for season ticket holders on the day of the draft to go and, like, be at the stadium during the draft not be in the war room but to kind of experience that so that was interesting james jones really didn't want to say anything but he talked about bringing a lot of guys in to do workouts and we have seen that we'll get to that in a second but he just said we're gonna work out a lot of guys and um, it seems like they've been working out guys for the second round pick, the number 32 pick so far. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, it, James Jones did not really reveal his hand at all. But my inclination is that we might not be trading this pick. So I don't know. What do you think about that, David? Yeah, so... The whole thing with con confirmation that there's a war room and a big board is the dumbest thing. Yes, it was. It, se it seems like this was just trying to do press about Monty Williams, and it should not have been called a uh, you know war room update or whatever. Yeah, it, it really should have been called sit and listen to us 
praise Monty Williams for 45 minutes, and then maybe you can shake his hand if you get in line soon enough. Yeah, so that's that's really dumb, and uh, that's it sounds like some like James Jones so far. Yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining. I enjoyed it. It was fun. There was good information. There was just not any insight into the war room. <laughs> yeah, no insight. There's nothing really to take away from that. So, uh, yeah, about the six pick, I kind of don't feel like we're going to trade it either. One, I don't think that you'd be able to get an, a package that you even would want back for it. I think so many people view this draft as kind of a free-for-all after number three. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cam Reddish just got his knee scoped or something. He had, like, a and minor injury repair that people are like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is going to be good. He was playing injured last year. Yeah, because he was awful. Or it was, yeah, I think it was that, and then Jaw got his knee scoped or something. Yeah, so uh, Cam Reddish had, uh, like, a core muscle repair that was like very mm-hmm. minor and then jaw had his knee scoped i believe yeah yeah so that was both within the last couple of days and it's just the draft is very top heavy people aren't viewing this as last year there was a lot of guys that people thought could had could have that kind of potential i mean wendell carter jr people were praising a lot and thought he can be an all-star and uh people weren't sure about Colin Sexton or Shea Gilgis, but they were still pretty high on them. There there were a lot of guys that people thought had a lot of potential. It was a very deep draft, and mm-hmm. this case, it's not so much. It's kind of Zion, the Tier 2 guys, and John, RJ, and then everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't think that there's even enough to... There wouldn't be a big enough return to consider trading that pick, and... Uh, you kind of mentioned it uh, the before we started recording. That is, you kind of mentioned it that there was a, a fake report about us willing to trade the six pick for Lonzo, and there I just there's not a way that the Lakers do that unless there's other stuff involved as well. In the one opinion. I saw was we would give him the six pick and TJ for Lonzo. Again, it's just a rumor. There's no. Yeah. There, like, there's, there's nothing, nothing actually behind this, but, like, we might as well talk about it just for the sake of, like, if we do trade this pick, what are we going to get? Yeah, which, on one hand, the Lakers probably view Lonzo way more and aren't trading him unless they get someone like Anthony Davis. And even on the other hand, from us, Lonzo's mm-hmm. Lonzo wouldn't be worth giving up that much, probably, to a team when he's played in only, like, half of his games. So... Yeah. <laughs> I yeah I don't I think I lean a little bit differently on that though. If Lonzo's available, I will take him. I like that would be fine. He plays good defense and he's a good passer. That's that's more than we've had at point guard in. Two oh, years. absolutely! I would trade for Lonzo too, but there are rumors now of maybe a team like the Lakers are one of the ones that supposedly promised for Darius Garland. It's either them or us, which means that... Yeah, we did talk about that yeah, last week. Uh, that was talked about last week, of course. And maybe the Lakers are wanting to move on. Maybe they want to play both of those guys. Maybe they're looking to target a guy like Kemba in free agency. Like, 
There's so much stuff that mm-hmm. could. Or, well, the rumor I saw even just today is that Kyrie is split between the Lakers and the Nets right now. So maybe they're confident they're going to land. Yeah, Kyrie's the other one. Because he kind of wants to play with LeBron again. Yeah, Kyrie, uh, you almost forget just because that entire train wreck crazy show is a thing that's happening. I know. Uh, I know. It's uh, amazing. I love Kyrie so much. It's so bad. (laughs) It's so bad. Uh, But, like, there's so much going on there. So Lonzo being moved kind of makes sense. I'm just not sure if there's enough. And I'm not sure that... I, I'm just so not sure on, on Lonzo. And I'm not sure that the La- I think the Lakers are going to want to use him in a trade for a guy. And they're not going to want to give back six and TJ. And we should not want to give up more than that at all. Unless, unless they want to move four and six and a player. That's fair. But if, if it's part of a bigger trade, I could see that happening. Because four and six and a player, that's not that's bad. not bad, but I don't know. Just like the value of the value of the lottery, I don't think you're gonna get back anything that matches the pers- or what you would want to get back for a lottery pick. So yeah. it's just so much, and I almost think that if we're the ones that promised Darius Garland, that there's a really good shot we get him at six. And we should mm-hmm. probably roll with that. That's a guy that you would want next to Booker. Yeah, yeah. I like him. I also really like Kobe White. Yeah, he's good too. It, I think he would. I think he would be decent. And the other thing that I've been hearing a lot is that Julius Randle is interested in signing with the Suns. I think that'd be awesome. I would love that. I don't. I don't know if. Randall can be a four, a starting four in the NBA, but he can, he can rebound, us. and he's better than <laughs> anyone else we've had at that position. And so, yeah. which is not saying much at all, considering Kelly Oubre was our best power forward last year. So, like, yeah, uh, not uh, power not power forward, forward was our best power forward. <laughs> but I mean, if Julius Randall like comes to us and you get a point guard, maybe. You can put together a couple of things. You think I would think even more so though that Josh is moving. Yeah, someone like someone is going yeah. to. The other thing, uh, Chuck and I were actually talking about this with uh, our rep Bobby. Shout out to Bobby if you need season tickets, call Bobby. We were just kind of running some stuff by him just. Shooting the breeze, nothing, nothing official or anything. But we were talking about D'Angelo Russell, and how, like, the Nets apparently have said they would only pay him, like, less than twenty three million. Yeah. And so, like, if we could clear some cap space and offer him the max, we should do that. Oh, absolutely. So, that's kind of another possibility as well. Um, it's hard to say right now because a lot of things are going to change. And, you know, this comes out July 3rd, so there we still have 27 days until the moratorium when things get really wild. Yep. But uh, that's that. I guess that's a possibility. Honestly, even drafting Darius Garland and signing D'Angelo Russell would would be awesome. That'd, That'd be, be great. Yeah, I'd be down. I, I'd be so down. Long-time listeners of the show know that 
I am very much on the D'Angelo Russell bandwagon, and I have been. I yeah, you. I from love Dead him. One. I think that I thought he was gonna. Be, I thought he would have been great next to Lonzo, playing like with them switching off duties. I thought it was dumb that they traded him. I am so. It I am was. so glad <laughs> that they that he really has shown out for the Nets, and I want yeah. him so bad in a Suns jersey. I know. It would be it great. It would be amazing. Or okay, here here's my thing. If if we were to sign a point guard in free agency, oh, but see the draft is before yeah, free agency. So we would starts. we would I have to commit this. to drafting Darius Garland as our backup. Uh, yes. Like best case scenario, yes. which I am so okay with. We have had zero good point guards the last like couple of years. Right. But like I kind of wish that was switched sometimes. Oh yeah. It would be it would be so helpful to know free agent <laughs> stuff before the draft because like my thought is I still am on the Brandon Clark train. I know a lot of people are not crazy about him, but watch his combine stuff. He can jump out of the gym. He is a really good defender. Like we could almost say the exact same thing about Clark and like Julius Randle. You draft Clark as like your backup power forward, and then sign Julius Randle. Yeah, kind of like the same thing you're saying with Garland and D'Angelo Russell. Like we could totally do that too. Now I think it's smarter for us to go the point guard route because it is more of a need for us, and it has been for a longer time. Mm-hmm. But don't sleep on Brandon Clark. <laughs> he is gonna be good. And I I realize like I need to just say what I actually think because there's been a couple times where I've been right. But I'm like, no, no, I'm just being a homer. Like, Sabonis. I was, like, dead on with Sabonis, and I never said it, because I'm like, no, I'm just being a homer. I still thought Sabonis, if we kept on to 13, I was like, oh, that that would be a really good fit. And then he went before that, and I was like, well, I don't feel as crazy about that. Yeah. It, Sabonis should truly be sixth man of the year, <laughs> and most improved. He could win both of those. There's no good. way he, he should get... Really good. Uh, there's no way he should get most improved over Siakam or D'Angelo Russell. And, fine, fine. He's um, in the running though. He could be oh third. I don't even remember some the of the six man guys, but I don't. I think so. I think Sabonis could get six man. He was. Really I don't even good. remember the candidates for sixth man, but because there aren't any aside from Sabonis. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> you know, Siakam has been great. Though. Oh, Siakam's been awesome. Good old so spicy good. Pete. He's a free agent. Too. Yeah, there's. He's he's he should get paid for sure. He's oh yeah he shouldn't settle for anything less yeah, than a max. He's he's awesome. But uh, yeah. Oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, Brandon Clark. So I think that yes, if he's available at 32, like you jump on him immediately. He's he's not gonna be available at 32. He's gonna go. He's top not 10. going top ten. There's he no is. way he's. He, we can there's disagree. There's no on way this. he's going top he ten. Is. Oh yeah, he will. You're insane. You are an insane person. <laughs> he, he is. I good. saw him for like. And he had a really good call. I saw him for like five seconds in the bottom half of the lottery to the like mid a mid round pick, and he's still like anywhere from there to like the thirties. There's people that rank him three. Who you're you're I don't you're rank caster at Gonzaga like. <laughs> no, uh-uh. These aren't even Gonzaga oh people. You are, you are. That, that is so wrong. I don't, I don't rank him that high. I don't put. Him oh my three. goodness! But 
I I uh, put that ten. Well, I think we we'll should see. double up on guards and try and do the uh, a better version of the Bender and Chris route and just draft a guard in the first yeah. and a draft a guard in the second and hope one of them if like as a failsafe and hope we can sign a free agent or make a trade for. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that's what we should do, too. But while we're on the topic, let's talk about some of these guys that we have worked out. Because the past few days, we've worked out a few guys, so we'll go chronologically here. So May 30th, we worked out, let's see, it looks like 12 guys. And I apologize in advance if I mess up any names. There's a couple complicated ones in here. So... We have John Conchar from Purdue-Fort Wayne, Cody Martin from Nevada, Garrison Matthews from Lipscomb, Max Strauss from DePaul, Sean Thurman from Nevada, Grant Williams from Tennessee, Kai Bowman from Boston College, Ethan Happ from Wisconsin, Mie Oni from Yale, Dylan Ostowski from Texas, Justin Robinson from Virginia Tech, and Justin Simmons from St. John's. Anyone on that list jump out to you? So, Virginia Tech and uh, Texas, I I think those are both good. And that Cody Martin was the one with the crazy three-point stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, he he was a good shooter from Nevada. I know a lot of people were high on him. Yeah, I... So, just really good three-point shooter and... You can never get enough of that in the NBA. You hope that he just kind of can come and do the same things. Maybe he takes a little bit to warm up. Maybe he spends some time in the G League. But uh, I want I would go for three-point shooting all day in the second round and hope that that, is, that that translates more, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. And... I was also fairly impressed with Grant Williams at Tennessee this season. I, I just liked that Tennessee team. Altogether, they impressed me. So these are definitely guys that we're going to be looking at for our number 32 pick. I think that's pretty clear. But uh, May 31st, we worked out 12 more guys. We had Charlie Brown from St. Joseph's. Amazing Great name. name. Uh Justin James from Wyoming. All right, let's go. I'm from Wyoming. Uh, Terrence Mann from Florida State. Charles Matthews from Michigan. Jalen Noel from Washington. Alex Robinson from TCU. Jordan Caroline from Nevada. John Davis from Charlotte. Terrence Davis from Ole Miss. Jawan Morgan from Indiana. Josh Reeves from Penn State. And Kenny Williams from North Carolina. Um, Most of these guys were guards. Just a couple forwards, but looks like we're uh, looks like we're really looking at shooting in our in that second round pick. That's just what it seems like. Is there anyone here that jumps off the page to you? I think that I I, I think that this is the right way to look at look at these guards, look at these the the shooting and um. None of these guys. I don't know a lot of these names. Um, I, I I know that some of these guys are shoot. I know that these guys are shooters. I know that they're guards. Uh, I think that 
the Charles Matthews from Michigan jumps out a bit. I I know that name. Uh, some of these some of these are tough. I didn't watch as much of the tournament this year, so it's a little tough to gauge who uh, I would lean towards. But I'm just I'm just glad that we're looking at guards. We're looking at shooting in these rounds. Yeah, and I mean I'm with you. I don't know a ton of these names either, and I I probably watch more college basketball than any of the three of us, and I still am like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's like you're saying, working out these guards is good. But let's get to June 1st, because there are some pretty interesting names in our June 1st workouts. So we have Jalen Adams from UConn, Benny Boatwright from UFC. Here we go. Ignis Brzezik. Oh my gosh. Brzezikaitis? Something like that. That's a tough one. From Michigan. Zylan Cheatham. Is that how you say his first name? Zylan? I think so. Cheatham from ASU. So that's a cool one. John Elmore from Marshall. Terry Harris from North Carolina State. Jared Harper from Auburn. Dewan Hernandez from Miami. Fletcher McGee from Wofford. Tarek Owens from Texas Tech. Deshaun Taylor from Fresno State. And Nick Wheeler-Babb from Iowa State. Now I know you've got guys on this one that jump out to you, and I've got a couple as well. Yeah, absolutely. So... Fletcher McGee for sure jumps out. He had a crazy free throw percentage, and you really like seeing that. If his career, one, yeah, yeah. His I looked up his numbers, and his career free throw percentage is right around ninety one percent over four yeah. years. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and that that's a good indicator of good shooting. Yeah, that's like the best way to tell if a guy's going to be a good shooter in the NBA is to look at his free throw percentage. It's uh, it's form, it's all that. Like that's when you know a guy's good. It, yeah. Like you have to have a good form. You have to like have a lot of discipline for free throw shooting. And I feel like a guy that's shooting ninety percent throughout college is insane. And you should definitely jump in on. And then uh, Cheatham from ASU. I watch a lot of ASU games. He was a lot of fun to watch. He's so uh, Lugens Dort was the guy that he he's for sure getting drafted. I think that he's going to be pretty good. He's kind of in the mold of a Marcus Smart. He fell off towards the end of the year. He's mm-hmm. but he's he's still good. He's still possibly like a late first round pick to early second round. So not necessarily going to be. Of not necessarily going to be available for us, but I would love to pick up Cheatham. I think he'd be really fun. I don't think that he is what we're looking for with this pick. I yeah. think we're we're looking for a guard. We're looking for a guy that is a high percentage shooter, and uh, I don't th- Cheatham doesn't really fit that role. But I would love it if the Suns drafted him. I would love to have uh, ASU guy on the Suns. Yeah, it's always good to work out those local guys as well. Um, I want to go back to Fletcher McGee for a second. He shot 41% from three this past year, and it was his worst three-point shooting percentage of his career. (laughs) As a freshman, he shot 49% from three. That's incredible. Uh, He is a very good shooter. I know he broke some records at Wofford. So Southern Conference, not the greatest conference, not the greatest competition, but shooting is shooting. It's, it's tough to shoot that well. So 
Uh, I like him. Uh, also, Texas Tech, those guys played really, really tough defense. So adding someone with that kind of ability is always helpful. So it'll be interesting. I think I imagine the next week and the, the week after we'll probably work out some more like higher profile guys, more well-known names looking at that first round pick that we have. But I'm glad we've been getting some guys in. Or we might not. Uh, we might just we might already know who we want to pick and that, yeah, maybe maybe we know it's Darius Garland for yeah. sure. I hope we work out some other guys. Oh, though. absolutely. Same here. If we we need to work out some other guys, but yeah, you, you never you, you you can't tell with <laughs> us right now. It seems like yeah, we're pretty mysterious about this kind of stuff. Um, I also quickly want to give a shout out. So, Jeremy Gunderson at the Jeremy underscore G on Twitter, he talked about um, doing some like group season ticket kind of stuff with people who are like real Suns fans like really like involved people who want to get loud create a home court advantage and they've been looking at pricing and uh I just got a message back from him um looks like they're gonna do some upper level seats in a section where they can be loud and be on their feet through the whole game these tickets are gonna be 23 a game and they're looking for at least a 10 game commitment um, there's going to be an information session on June 13th at 6.30 at Talking Stick Resort Arena. So if you're interested in that, you should reach out to at the Jeremy underscore G on Twitter. Uh, I think this is a, such a great idea because we do need to create that home court advantage. And we know that there's some pretty hardcore fans out there. So reach out to him on Twitter. I know he's been organizing a lot of really cool stuff. So shout out to him for sure. Uh, if you're interested in that, check it out. Uh, Charlie and I do the season ticket thing, and we've had a great experience with it. So definitely check that out. Just want to give that shout-out really quick. Um, is there anything else, Suns-wise, that, that we should touch on? What else is going on? We should be getting some pickup with around draft time and have a little bit more stuff to talk about, a little bit more deep dives. But Yeah, we're, we're but, getting uh, there. We're in the uh, dead. want to talk about the finals? Yeah. Let's talk about the finals for a we second. We haven't really talked about the playoffs at all that much. And no, we haven't. Which is crazy. But, but I mean, that that first off, that Philly Raptors series was awesome. It was insane. Yeah, it was. It was so good. Yeah, it was. And the Milwaukee-Toronto series was not what anyone really expected. And even after, I mean, the Bucks were up 2-0, and people were already, like... Yeah, this is what we thought was going to happen, you know? Like, the Bucks are the next great dynasty, blah, 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 blah. And then... Yeah, and then they lost to the Raptors. Then, then it, they were... Uh, RNBA was calling it the Canadian sweep. They, they <laughs> gave them two wins instead of just the normal Oh, one. that's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty great. I like that. And Oh, I like that a lot. Just a crazy, awesome series. This Raptors team... It has been really fun to watch the entire season. And I really like Siakam's him. awesome. I was so confused yeah. by the trade for Mark, and they they just have this insane defensive lineup in their starting lineup now. Like, just yeah. you have an two X 
uh, defensive player of the years. You have guys that just are really, really smart defenders. Like it's it's really interesting, and I, I mean, was so it, so confused at first, but that's why I'm not a GM. <laughs> yeah, really. What Kawhi is doing is like unheard of too. Like the only guys you can compare him to right now are Michael Jordan and LeBron. Yeah, like he he is putting up spectacular numbers. It's been awesome to see, and um, he's just as good defensively as he ever has been. Oh my gosh, yes, and he's not even a hundred percent. Like he's still hurt. Yeah, he he was uh, it was like a knee or something. His knee or there yeah. was something that was hurt that was messed up with him during the Bucks series, and he's right. just been so good. Crazy how good he has been, and. I feel really good about my preseason prediction of talking about both Giannis and Kawhi, because Kawhi in these playoffs is is insane. And saying that like either one could be MVP or Defensive Player of the Year, like they're they're both oh, yeah. insane. And Kawhi, as as much as time as he missed so these playoffs, it's like, yeah, this dude is possibly the best player in the playoffs this year so far. Right. Like, oh, oh, yeah, for sure. And well, I, I've heard a lot of people talking about like the whole the whole thing with the yeah. load management this season. Like Kawhi missed like a quarter of the games for this load management, and the whole point was so he would be ready to go for the playoffs. And look at what yeah. he's done in the playoffs. He's been unreal. Like it works. He's making these shots that just so. look terrible. They don't look like they should be going in. He's really using this mid range game that, like, it's just. Mm-hmm. He's been on a tear. The playoffs are just a di- yeah. The playoffs are a different game yep. too. The mid range game is like actually important. In yeah, the everything changes in the playoffs. Everything go- it goes from, I I mean what? So the Bucks the entire year were the best defensive team in the league. They allowed the most threes, but they allowed they had the worst percentage from corner three, and something like that. And like that was really good. But then the playoffs come came along and they went through it but then there was a team like the Raptors who was able, who were able to really clamp down defensively and it was like all right we'll we'll hit mid-range shots we'll hit threes like no big deal and it, it's just a completely mm-hmm. different animal when you see a team four to seven times than when you're playing each team at least twice right definitely and then in the west I mean we all knew the Warriors were going to get there um, last week I predicted Warriors in four. Actually, I did not think the Raptors even stood a chance. But the Warriors did not shoot very well. Uh, the Toronto defense was good. They just had a few bounces that didn't quite go their way. The Warriors did. And Kevin Durant could come back for game three. It's not looking like he's going to be back for game two. Uh, I don't know. It's It's so interesting. They have so many good players, but... A lot of them just like haven't played. Like in game one, Demarcus Cousin played for eight minutes or something, and did nothing, which I guess makes sense because he hasn't played for a long time and he had like a pretty. He hasn't played, injury. and also but, people have questioned if he's even playable in the playoffs to begin with. Right, right, but yeah, it's just really, it's interesting to see. Uh, we're we're recording this like right before game two, so it'll be interesting to see what that looks like but game one was really exciting it was pretty close but the raptors still like handled them pretty well pascal siakam 
is just playing out of his mind yeah. right now, which his story is so cool too. Like I love that guy. He's great. You should absolutely so, go listen to the Low Post podcast with him from earlier oh, in the season. It's so good. It's he's so great. good. Yeah, it's really funny. It's really interesting. Yeah, he's like one of my favorite non-Suns players for sure. Absolutely. I love him. I love that whole team. The Raptors. There's are like great. this whole thing that supposedly they all have like different logos and they don't even necessarily have like a brand, but they'll have like or sponsored stuff, but they'll just have logos for all of them. Like even Nick Nurse has a logo. It's so <laughs> weird, but it's hilarious. That's but. funny. Huh. Yeah, they seem to like really be having a lot of fun, and I love seeing Kyle Kyle Lowry playing well in the playoffs, and just like how happy yeah. he's been, is like, it's it's really cool to see because he's another guy that I've always liked, and just has not had the greatest results, especially in the playoffs, and I mean to see him succeed is amazing. It is I everyone on that team, him. like obviously Kawhi and Danny Green have succeeded. They're both champions, like. Yeah. Not crazy mm-hmm. for them, but everyone on that team is just, they're bought in. They're all in. Uh, Toronto has been insane. There was the talk that uh, after, before game one, people were there, like, in the Jurassic Park area, like, 15 hours early, like, lined up. It was so Oh, cool. yeah. Oh, I saw it today. I saw it today. Someone got there at 12.40 a.m. Like, they waited overnight, so basically. People are like camping out it's now. It's so cool. I love it. It's it, it's got almost like a college feel to it. They have a great environment. They have had a great environment even when they haven't done well in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, there was that. There was so much smack talk in that Wizard series a couple years ago, mm-hmm. like where they kind of melted down. But like, there's just been there there's been such a good energy even though they haven't had a bunch of playoff success and now it's kind of paid off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hope they win this series. It would be If they win incredible. this, it'd be the it'd be the best. What what be a best. recruiting pitch though for Kawhi. If they lose or win, like this isn't a, we could have done so much more. We just had to make sure we were flexible because we didn't have a commitment from you. Like yeah, we got right. Mark. Can you imagine what we would have done if we had a verbal commitment? Like, and we won, or we got here, like... Yeah. I mean, Kawhi's going to be a clipper after this year, no matter what, though, so... <laughs> yeah. We it's know, a 70% we, chance. Yeah, we have the tampering <laughs> yeah. stuff already, so just get ready for that. <laughs> uh, but no, Kawhi's going to be the, the captain of a yeah. ship. Yeah. Oh, he's in total control. <laughs> It's yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's what we have this week. Uh, now we'll move on to the non-sports section. Uh, I was inspired because last night I was at the D-backs game and they won on a walk-off double in the eleventh inning, and I hadn't seen a baseball game that exciting for a while. So, um, I we were kind of talking about like. What do we want to do with this inspiration? And we talk about food quite a bit on this show. If you've listened, <laughs> yes, we you do. know. Um, but we're going to do it again. Uh, what What's a food that you've tried that you didn't expect to like? What was the walk-off food for you? You didn't expect it, but you loved it. So I feel like this happens every once in a while with food for me. I'm always... I always feel like I don't like things, but... It, I have these weird textures, there's all this nonsense, and 
I'm gonna be very strange, but I just I, I will try stuff even though I'm not sure if I like it. And what blew me away was the Eggs Benedict. Oh, yes, I love Eggs Benedict. So I had not ever tried an Eggs Benedict. The yolk of an egg freaked me out. Oh, I like love a runny it. a runny yolk scared me so much. I was so nervous to try it, but I had I watch a ton of cooking stuff on YouTube. I've I had really uh, started cooking a lot and changed stuff around. I uh, about a over a, almost two years ago now, I guess. Or I had started losing like a bunch of weight and was like a goal to drop like it was fifty pounds in a year, basically. Oh, wow. I, I was I was able to do that, and uh, so. Like, that was a goal of mine, and so I started cooking more, and I started looking at food more. And one that I kept on, like, coming across was just Eggs Benedict. And the the poached egg scared me, but everything else with it sounded so good. And hollandaise sauce sounded amazing. And so... Yeah, that sounds great. I, I was like, I, I just need to try this. I just need to, like, you know, maybe I don't like it, maybe I do. Like, I just need to try it, because I need to try this hollandaise sauce. And the first eggs benedict i got was from a perkins family restaurant which (laughs) that's not a good introduction but it was great and like even though it was from perkins which i don't know what perkins is like it's kind of like a marie calendars i guess it's owned by the same thing if you have one of those oh is it really i didn't know that uh, yeah it's or it's like in the same i think it's owned by it so like it's a step down from marie calendars technically (laughs) It's like a small That's... step up from Denny's. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is what a Perkins is. I'm trying to think of people that don't know what a Perkins is, of what, how to relate it to. But it's, the way I describe it is it's one of those things that you go and you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is only in my town. But they're everywhere. <laughs> they're, yeah. like, they're, it's a national chain. It's like but some... I didn't realize that until I moved out of Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. It's like a national, like, diner chain, kind of, that, like, you only ever see old people go to yeah. and they have uh, good muffins actually they have they have great muffins and pie which is where yeah. i found i was like this tastes like marie calendar's pie or not pie but it like reminded me of and uh, i'm pretty i'm pretty sure it's owned by it but anyways regardless so not very high scale food though there's like 40 items on the menu there's way too much but I, tr- I wanted to try it, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try it, see what happens. And I was in love. And I've been on the Eggs Benedict ever since. I've been on the over-medium eggs. Uh, my now-wife, Tony, which I actually haven't done a uh, podcast since oh, uh, married, I've been no. married. Uh, yeah. I just Congratulations. We've <laughs> talked about it, like, so much. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. But uh, I haven't, yeah, it's been like a month since I've been on the pod. Uh, hi guys um yeah but uh busy with real life yeah i know it's been crazy but uh yeah so she uh tony makes over medium eggs and i've been a real big fan of them and eating them with like toast or whatever so really just like that style of egg like the poached over medium really threw me off how much i liked them because i just wasn't so like on an on an eggs benedict on like Doing it like with a waffle and having an over medium egg on top of the waffle or any of that. It surprised me how much I was into it. Because I did not expect to be. It looked kind of like gross. And it, I just seemed like a food that was like, oh, everyone likes it, but I'm probably not going to like it. And so I didn't try it. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Eggs Benedict is great. Um, I, I'm going to go in a bit different direction. I like just about everything. I'm not picky <laughs> at all. I like trying new things. I can count on like one hand the number of things I don't like. And even then, I'll still eat those things in a lot of situations. Um, but my thing was boba, like boba tea. I just, I, I don't, like I'm not going to say I didn't think I would like it. I just didn't really know what it was. I didn't really try it. But I was in Washington, D.C. recently for my sister's college graduation, which congratulations to her. It was really fun. And I had this really good boba tea that had a whole lemon in it. So that was really, really good. And those, I don't even know what they are, that boba stuff, but it's chewy. And <laughs> my dad kept saying, it's a drink and a snack. <laughs> I, I don't know why that was so funny to me, but it was. Um, so, yeah, like boba tea is fun. And I kind of want some now. <laughs> I always want boba tea. It's one of my favorite things. I just like tea, though. And I kind of like just milk teas in general. Yeah, like, I don't I don't usually get the milk ones, but, like, I'm not opposed to them. Yeah. Uh, milk teas are surprisingly good. Yeah. But it's good stuff. So take all of this information how you will. Drink some <laughs> boba tea with your eggs benedict while you watch the yeah. game, too. That's not what either of us are going to do, but you can. But thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. We're, we're getting really close to the draft. Only a few more weeks, so keep oh, your yeah. eyes out for that. And uh, until next time, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at SunnyandPHXPod, and go Suns. Oh, yeah.